Welcome to the Face Downs, your source for TCG news and all things Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm your host, Lucas. I'm Ruben. And I'm Joe. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. How's everyone doing? Is everyone having a good week? Yeah, not too bad. Just came off another big hobby league at Harvey. We had 14 players. Um, Amazing. Yeah, and um, a new player, well, a player who hadn't won a hobby league before took it out, and he pulled the ulti and got the bode map because we didn't do the uh, pre-release the week before because of the uh, stop delay. So here, he had a good day. They playing? Uh, he was playing Numeron Mystic Mine with like Mega Pops. <laughs> and you know what? What better way to, to win a hobby league at Palmy than play Mystic Mine Numeron? So what you're saying is he had to do an actual villain arc. Yeah, yeah. To win, yeah, no. to win a hobby league. <laughs> and a lot of people just forgot to put like outs to those sorts of cards in their side for some reason. I mean, I've done so it too. Like, I've played Mystic Mine. It's a good deck, yeah. and, and Numeron's like a pretty fun spin on it because there's actually a win condition that isn't just mill yeah. <laughs> and he spent most of the day just like summoning omega clops and that was it and respect win. yeah it was mad cool. respect yeah at this hobby league did you see any obviously we're at the we're just at the um release of a couple of some pretty impactful sets we've had synchro storm we've had burst of destiny it's now out for release did you see anything getting represented at, at hobby league not yet um a few of the guys are starting to look at these decks um, okay uh they've I think Fluanderese is the one that most of them are looking for just because it's more budget friendly. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, we've seen uh, no, not 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 anything yet, but I feel like in the next few weeks, the players will probably start picking these sorts of things up. Um, I know elsewhere, other people probably already have, but yeah. And um, have you picked up anything, Boost of Destiny? I have. I went off the Bee Troopers um, after the support that they got given. Um, we sprayed our eradicating aerosol. Yeah, <laughs> they're gone. Bit of, um, ra- bit of raid on those assholes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now I have purchased myself a Fluanderese and Sword Soul base. Um, mm. So I have both of those decks ready to go. And I'm pretty excited, actually. And, and a DPE and a Baron, of course. So so you just bought everything good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just had a bit of a splash out. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'm really feeling the bone format. So, good yeah. card. What if I just bought yeah. every good card? That would be a good idea. Mm. Yeah. And we're the that same. Was... We've picked up, I think, most of burst of destiny now uh i am two starlight stratos deep um this is a cry for help Get the yeah a cry uh, for help if you have a third starlight stratos please yeah by cry for help i mean us. sell me your starlights definitely <laughs> uh, oh jesus christ but boat has been interesting and partially um induced a bit of fatigue in me um, mm. Because I went an entire format with Tri Brigade, got really tired of linear, you know, uh, one game plan decks, and mm. then had to just watch Sword Soul be good. And I'm just so willing for it to not be good, um, but it definitely is. And I kind of felt a bit fatigued by, you know, can we play a deck that isn't just 20 hand traps and a discrete engine, please? Can you come up with something else? Yeah, I miss, you know, crazy combo decks. I do. Um, yeah, but I'm, fl- I'm with you there. But yeah, but Fluanda's a good remedy. Fluanda's silly um, and does all the stupid crap that I like. It's new. It's different. It's it's a new take on a really on a really underutilized mechanic. That being the normal summon, um, and it looks good and it does what it does really well. Yeah. So why not? It's 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 and like you said, Joe, it's really budget. Okay, let's ignore Mega Riser. Um, but even that's everything not terrible. Else, yeah, it's like forty bucks. Yeah, everything else is all in the set. Um, you know, mm-hmm. gold sucks next to nothing. A lot of your good staples. We just saw dualities get reprinted in King's Court. So, extravagant summoning gold as well. 
Yeah, well, Prosperity is on there. So, uh, you know, you know, someone who, listen, I played this deck last night and I prosperityed into literally nothing for six. So uh, I'm starting to feel like Extravagance is probably just the better card. Yeah. Like, I'm playing uh, the build with Extravagance at the moment. Um, and like, there's always been that thing between Extravagance and uh, like, and the Prosperity. Obviously, you get the choice for Prosperity, which in theory makes it a bit better in that sort of deck because mm. you need to get to your Robin. Um, but at the same time, drawing two in that deck and like getting a field spell on like one of the other birds isn't too bad in itself. So, well, the yeah. issue I found was sometimes you're prosperitying and the deck is a two card combo deck, so prosperity mm. just can never draw you into both cards, pieces yeah. if you're missing like, like I drew like double dark ruler, double book of moon prosperity, and I'm like, I don't think anything except Robina gets me out of this. Yeah, um, whereas extra, if you draw like field spell token, you're like, sick, um, I did it. So there's an argument there. Um, I guess we could also touch upon, you know, everything from Bode being relatively easy to get, but Baron has been Ooh, just yeah. ballistic. So, Have you seen the price of that card? Classic Synchro Storm. Or just legendary, classic Legendary yeah, Duelist. Legendary Let's just reel it back. There's always one. There's always one. Yeah. And you know what? Baron is the one. So uh, we obviously, we're not like a super dedicated to opening a lot of product. Well, I am. Um, but, you know, on mass quantities... Um, you know, we have seen that in Europe, which is the region that our cards are printed, Barons are on average uh, two per case uh, mm. of Ultras. So very hard to get. Um, or if you're some stores, one. Um, and that's, you know, terrible. Uh, but that is coming with the price. And uh, TCG Player, obviously, this is, you know, after the fact, just had their 15% uh, fifteen percent bonus bucks back sale. And uh, Baron is triple digits in the States. It's like it 200 is, New Zealand dollars. It is, in fact cracking more than the ghost rare which is wild <laughs> and I, i'm very lucky uh, i have a bit of a story about how i acquired my one yesterday um before hobby league my friend goes oh i bought 32 packs of that synchron storm and i said to him hey if you pull the baron please please sell it to me <laughs> and then i get home and i get a picture of him after he's cracked his back holding it and i'm like ah oh, i'm saved because i honestly <laughs> don't know how else i can even acquire that card in new zealand at the moment it's so hard to find it would be from like america or, or europe yeah. like actual or like the, there's like your like uk retailers yeah and that's not worth it that's not worth the time but you no, know because by the time yeah it, it will be here in the second wave so like it, it's it's a really awkward card to get hold of yeah, it's crazy, uh, but it, boof, is it is it is it worth it? That's and it absolutely well, we, is. And uh, you know, should we get into our first little topic, uh, Joe? You mentioned you wanted to talk about uh, the impact of some of these new cards we talked about in previous episodes. Mm. Uh, of course, you know, talking about crossout and having crossout designator are two different things. And uh, yeah, you know, to start so, us off like how how has that card been for you? Have you played it? Have so, you tried so it? Have no. you seen it? um i i didn't buy it when it first came out because i was a bit skeptical of it i was like i don't know if i like i i probably like listened to pack a bit too much i was like oh he says it's bad it must be bad um then i started testing it out online in sword soul and i'm like it's kind of good in sword soul like you need you need to get your play through and like it just gives you another way of getting your play through and i feel like because you can run so many hand traps you're not losing out as much like by running that card um you guys might argue differently but so far in testing i've really enjoyed the crossout designator and i've actually just picked up physical set on the weekend as well so i've splashed out quite a lot of money lately for both um but yeah I, i've really been enjoying it and also the interaction with the sword soul um 
level 10 synchro i don't know the names very well sorry um Ching but, Yang. yes yeah that's the one yeah and he he triggers with cards like that and dd crow so like I, i've been playing around and trying to get to like uh his effect a bit more utilized i suppose um originally because i wasn't gonna get hold of baron but you know that's that's a different story but but yeah, I, I feel mm. like Crossout may be a card we start to see come into the meta a little bit more than what it did when it first came in, because yeah, it didn't do what we probably predicted it to do. Well, it's interesting. No. You, you, you mention it as kind of what people have discovered is, you know, it's really good in decks where it can act as like just the worst gold sock ever printed. Because mm. um, even like I've seen, you know, people discuss how in Tri-Brigade, uh, it can also be used as a pseudo extender to set up like a turn one Shureg search. Uh, yep. If you just get interrupted, which is quite good, um, we've seen uh, the discussion of using it in fluanderies, like yeah, if you're adding reason. back off like token to you can have your normal summons. It can actually turn token into a turn one uh, extender, where normally it has to add back a fluander is very difficult mm. uh, on its own. Uh, if you play cross out, you can actually set it up and get that additional normal summon. So it does have added utility outside of you know the obvious uh, negating hand traps. Uh, I've been playing it in Hero exclusively so far, uh, and in that deck, it feels just absolutely ballistic. Um, it's I, I definitely feel like it is one of those cards, and, and it is something we did talk about earlier um, in, in multiple other pro- podcasts. Um, it's a card that, like, when it goes in these one-card engine decks, it is insane. Mm. Everything outside of that, it's not great because Maxi is not in our format, and that's how yeah, I sort of have, that card. Yeah. We don't have to worry about the big bug threat uh, as the OCG do. Um, I think that Crossout Designator, a kind of, I believe it's going to do something similar to how Ash Blossom impacted the meta when it first came out. I think we we've seen this initial hype. You have to have it; it's mandatory. We've now seen the lull. We've now seen it go from a well, include it as much as you can to. Uh, it's kind of good like it's kind of good it does you know it functions it does its job well i think potentially in the future we will see something that just shoots it right back up to the competitive viability similar to how ash blossom was on initial release yeah yeah Uh, the reason i really like it in heroes is because it isn't a discrete one card engine deck but you do have room for 10 hand traps in the current build um Mm. And they're all hand traps that, like, you don't... You know, it's, it's at its best when you're playing a deck that just wants to be playing those one-for-one uh, exchangeable hand traps, like, I'm going to Ash your card, I'm going to Meister this card. You know, cards that you don't mind exchanging for one of your opponent's resources. Mm. It's less good if you want to, like, max out on Nibiru um, and stuff like that, because you want your versions of those board-breaking cards to also be live to punish your opponent sometimes. Mm. Uh, and... I also really like it in Heroes because everyone's playing Fusion Destiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you can actually like interrupt quite a common meta uh, appearance yeah. by just going like, oh, I play that too, yeet. Um, yeah. But mostly it's come up in these like, quote unquote, counter wars where it's like, you know, I've honestly cross-outed more called by the graves than I have hand traps. Because um, you'll be like trying to interrupt your opponent with a set cross-out when they... Uh, you know, called by your hand trap, you can cross out their called by, and then you win that exchange, which can be huge in terms of um, disruption. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And I mean, speaking of the next impactful card that we've seen land into the meta is is that exact fusion destiny summon, destroy mm. Phoenix Enforcer. Sorry, destroyer Phoenix Enforcer, true, as yeah. it's known in the TCG. 
Um, <laughs> initial thoughts, Joe? What are we thinking? How are we feeling about this card? And it's, you know, it's finally having it in person. Very, very good. Um, mm. The one thing I did notice over the weekend, though, in testing, is it's not great against Floanderese. So Floanda has the inbuilt bird that can get rid of it. So, like, obviously it's insane, don't get me wrong. Mm. Like, it will come back every turn. But, like, when a deck has an inbuilt answer just to banish it, it's you really have to pick your target of what you want to destroy because you're likely to only get that one destroy. Mm. So it, it's a very good card. It's very accessible. I think it's better than Dragoon in the way that the engine doesn't hinder you as much as the Dragoon engine. Um, mm. The fact that you can get the draw of Celestial, uh, the fact that if you draw a monster, you can special if you've got the Dasher Engrave, like it, it gives you a bit more versatility than what Dra Dragoon does. Mm. As a one-for-one -one card against Dragoon, Dragoon as an on-field presence is still a better card, in my opinion. I However, Destiny Phoenix Enforcer is like... I don't know, it's it's more versatile and it has synergy with certain mm. other strategies as well. So like if you plus mm. off of destruction, this this card's insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I think that Destroyer Phoenix Enforcer is uh here to stay. Um obviously jumping forward a wee bit. We've seen OTS eighteen has been announced and in there is Ultimate Rare Fusion Destiny. Uh, so it's pretty indicative that they understand this card is impactful and they're willing to keep it around. Um, I'm just going to say there is no ultimate rare red eyes uh, fusion. So uh, <laughs> knock knock on death's door for Dragoon potentially. ODS, ODS 18. We don't, we don't know the full list yeah, yet. Yeah, we don't know the full list. Ulti um, Dragoon coming. But I think that I do believe that Destroy Phoenix Enforcer is exactly how you describe it. It is impactful. It is a really unique interaction. Uh, recurrable threats are always something that Yu-Gi-Oh has kind of not had in its existence for a long time. Um, and I believe you're right. I believe that, you know, card to card, Dragoon is the more threatening presence, but uh, Destroyer has the versatility um, mm. that, Drago that um, Dragoon does not. Uh, as a hero player, how do you feel about it, Lucas? Uh, as a completely unbiased uh, and passive observer, uh, Dragoon can suck it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, DPE is, I think, card for card it's only worse than Dragoon in the exact instance where they're faced up against each other. Um, mm. Dragoon has exactly 100 more attack points than this uh, in the blanket Fusion Destiny face-off, which is very funny um, because of DPE's attack reduction effect with just two heroes in the grave. Uh, obviously, if you're playing heroes, this card outs Dragoon because it can beat over it, which is a plus. Uh, I think... The best thing about DPE is that it's evasive. Mm. And your point about Fluanderese, I think, aligns it quite a lot with cards like Mystic Mine, in that if your deck has like a native out to it, it's yep. less threatening. Mm. Um, yep. But there are just decks that don't have built-in yep. grave interaction. Aside from, I think, Shadol, Fluanda, I can't think of another deck. Uh, I guess Tri Brigade have the Link 3 uh, Resvelga. But aside yeah. from that, you know, not many decks have a way to get this thing out of the grave without mm. at least using uh, a whole card worth, either like a, a Ghost yeah, a Bell, Crow, or yeah. or DD Crow, exactly. So that positions it in, in a sense that if you don't have the quote-unquote out in your main deck, this card is just going to win the game on its own. It's, it's mm. so strong. Yeah. Most removal destroys it, which triggers it. Uh, and if you can stick a Zeus, this card will just pop itself and come back. Um, and then immediately threaten that Zeus on the field. Like, it, it makes any kind of lingering threat a joke. Mm. Uh, any floodgates, 
any you know persistent cards like Zeus or Appaloosa, like they all struggle to deal with this card returning. And and it very much reminds me of like an inevitability game that Mech Knights play with Purple Nightfall. But the setup is just so much easier and um, harder to interact with. I think so, another important thing crazy. to say about the card is, unlike your Dragoon, where I know you don't usually play a deck with free Red Eyes Fusion, but if you were playing the stun style of deck, you can do everything before you then do your... You can hold on to that yeah. Fusion Destiny. Like, and that, I think mm-hmm. we've spoken mm-hmm. about that before, and that's huge. You can bait the negates of your Sword Soul monsters or whatever you're trying to do. And you can still end on a DPE, and like that, as you say, that is sometimes enough. Like if if you yeah. even don't do any of your players of your actual deck, and we've spoken about this before with boss monsters, you can be like, "Hey, I'm playing DPE Turbo, by the way." Yeah, yep, so, it would work. Yeah, and it could, works yeah. quite easily. Summon two. Yeah, <laughs> if you were really, if you were like, uh, summon Verte, Fusion Destiny, summon DPE. I don't know, Verte send to summon Dystopia. <laughs> That's like two. You know, two Fusion Destiny targets pretty easily. Yeah, it's really impactful. And I think it's, again, it's going to be here to stay. And I think, you know, we'll see it ebb and flow throughout the meta uh, as as I think we expected it to. I, um, I do think, like, this month, every deck is going to try and force DPE. It's not going to be good in every no. deck. <laughs> no. Like, every deck, like Dragoon, is going to try and force a DPE, three Fusion Destiny, two targets into their deck. And uh, it's not good. No. No. <laughs> It is good in, in a lot of decks. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we've touched about it, but, you know, another incredible boss monster that's just been printed was Baron de Fleur. Um, so, obviously, we've discussed uh, Legendary Duelists uh, and their very notoriety for short prints. Um, Lucas, would you like to take a quick reminder on to uh, our listeners uh, how hard it was to get, uh, let's say, a dusted gold? No. Okay, cool. <laughs> it, was, it was, I believe, uh, two per case. It, it was similar. Yeah, it I was. believe it was one in seven hundred and twenty packs. Um, was the ratio so bad for oh. a dusted gold? Um, we did pull a lot of sinister necroms, which is a yep. lovely ultra evil hero, just not the one people wanted. Sick Two dollar ultra. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Baron is out. Uh, obviously, we've seen this in the OCG uh, having a lot of impact in the Sword Soul strategies. Um, I think we can all collectively agree that it's super impactful. Mm-hmm. Is that would you would you guys agree with that? Yeah. yeah, it's, a yeah. Free it's another it's another B sav. Yeah. Woo! I mean, like how but much? It's a, but it's a cute girl on a horse. It's the best synchro they've printed this year. Yeah, uh, and it feels like every year we get the synchro that is now the best synchro to make. Like we had mm. Hot Red Dragon Archfiend, we had Borrowed Savage Dragon, Herald of the Arclight. Now it's Baron. Nothing changes. It's just a broken ass card that does everything. Um, mm. Every deck can theoretically make it. Aurora Don is still legal for some reason. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. The card I, is. Nuts. I think that this is probably a standout from the uh, from the Legendary Duelist series, and I think finally maybe something that's you know starting to gain a bit more traction is um, the Luralisk strategy, and in particular the Luralisk Ultras that were also in the Legendary Duelist set. Um, the cards like you know Celestine Wagtail, which searches kind of the main enabler for this deck now, which is Luralisk Bird Call. Um, I am. This honestly read as a custom card. This card is nuts. This card reads as a custom card. So for um those who might not know, just people who might not be aware with the Luralisk strategy, a Luralisk bird call is a normal spell um that says take one Luralisk monster and either send it to the grave or add it to your hand from deck. Uh, and then you can special summon a Luralisk monster from your hand with a different name than the one you add or send. Um so 
<laughs> yes, yeah. I, I have not looked at this card yet, so that, that's yeah. nuts. So a lot of the Luralisks trigger on special summon from hand or just special summon in general. Um, obviously, your big enablers are cards like Turquoise Warbler, which is kind of your reinfor- uh, you know, marauding captain for the archetype when it's special from hand. Cobalt Sparrow can search for level one winged beasts. Wagtail, which is the new ultra, can search, you know, Luralisk spell traps. Um, this card is seeing a lot of play in pure and Tri Brigade variants. And I think the hype is justified. I think that this deck is actually what is, you know, what is now bird up, essentially. Are you enjoying reading this card, Joe? That's nuts. <laughs> There's like a better rotor with like. A special oh that, that that's insane. It's just Rota with upside yeah. that can also be foolish burial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that that's honestly the first nuts, time I've yeah. looked at it to be honest. So yeah. And none of the Luralisks need to be normaled. So yeah. this card essentially just says pop off for free and do whatever else you want after it doesn't lock you. Oh. Um so you can just do the entire Luralisk play. I was doing Appaloosa for four materials, normal summon fractal combos back before this card came out. And those were on the back of the power of cards like Turquoise Warbler. If you could send Cobalt Sparrow to the graveyard with Fractal, this card just does that on its own. So, like, you don't even need setup. Um, sure, you may not draw this card, but if you open Celestine Wagtail, you can just search it and pretty much get the same result. Uh, I think this card is, is huge, and I think it gives a huge power boost to the Bird Up deck that was just kind of Barrier Statue Pass before this. Um, mm. An inconsistent Barrier Statue Pass, if that. Mm. Yeah, because I don't think Barrier Statue is good anymore, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. um, and we can talk about that going forward. But I think that this is, uh, you know, reinvigorated level one birds and uh, their new boss monster on Som Blue Robin um, has really given like Luralisks a payoff. Like Assembled Nightingale, we all know is your, you know, level one pick pick Zeus, haha. But on Som Blue is incredible. Uh, such an amazing interruption for every deck except Fluanderies. Do you want to tell um, people what Ensemble does? Yeah, sure. So Ensemble is a rank one, um, and it's against uh, 500 attack for each material underneath it. Uh, and uh, when your opponent's special summons a monster or monsters, uh, you can detach material and return one of the special summon monsters to hand. I believe it does target. Uh, obviously, we'll put the proper card image up to those watching along, um, just so that you can confirm. Yep. I believe it targets. Uh, and then it says, if it is sent to grave by an opponent's card... Oh, that's also not once per turn. Um, yeah, I'll that's just, the important yeah, part. I'll just also it's, it's reference not once that. Per turn. That's not once per turn. So, for example, four materials uh, is four special summon bounces. Four interruptions, yeah. Um, right. And then if it is sent to grave by an opponent's card, uh, you can add one other Luralisk card from your grave to your hand. Um, Luralisk got a really great extender in the form of Beryl Canary, which is a one-card rank one, uh, provided you have a Luralisk monster in grave. Um, so this facilitates a lot. Um, and, you know, the use of potentially two materials uh, from Xyz monsters uh, jumps to four. You have cards like Sapphire Swallow that on, if it's used as material on summon, it attaches another material from Grave, Luralisk monster for material. And then Celestine Wagtail, the new ultra, is also able to attach itself from Grave to a Luralisk Xyz. So uh, turning a two material rank one to a four material rank one, which in turn leads to four pieces of interruption. You're really hot on this deck, aren't you, Ruben? Uh, It's great. I think we watched it pure. Uh, Eli, one of the people that we tested with, uh, is playing this deck pure, and it is very threatening. 
I think it's been overlooked as well. Because, I mean, I, I haven't even really looked into it myself. If I'm and that's the thing, honest. is I feel yeah. like this is quite common with LED sets. Everyone goes, yeah. right, the Ultra you should be worrying about. And it just totally washes most everything of them else. Suck. Most you, of them are terrible. Yeah. I mean, you think of, you know, Rage of Rara is a really poor example, but Magical Hero, which was Souls, everyone went, okay, Souls is the best card, but Satellite Warriors are really great level 10 Synchro. Uh, like uh, Sunrise and liquid soldier incredible ads for the for the hero players yep. i think some people were even like i don't care about souls i want sunrise and liquid soldier so this is something that led hero like legendary duelist sets quite often do and um i think this is you know something that to keep an eye out for if you're interested in the strategy because it's also really affordable <laughs> so you decided you know you've been playing tri brigade bird up Ruben, you've also yep. been toying with Sword Soul. Yeah. Um, Joe's you've been, trying Fluanda. Fluanda and Sword Soul. I've been playing Fluanda and Heroes. And for the meat of this episode, I thought we would, for fun, have a go through all of the decks that are currently in the format and rank them. Mm. <laughs> uh, it's never before been done on YouTube. It's never a cool seen list. It. I've never, I would never know. <laughs> I would never But know. of course, if anyone did steal this idea from us and do it um, before Fun. we put the podcast out with some kind of crazy time travel technology... We, of course, have the most definitive and, and competitively minded opinions mm. uh, on what is good. So, uh, <laughs> Joe, can you see my... I can see. I can see. You we're, can see. We're, All right. Good. So all the decks here. We can, um, we can move them around and stuff. Yeah. And we're just going to rank all these decks. We're going to tell the people what is good. Uh, and we're going to start here it's with empty. Sword Soul. <sighs> what tier is Sword Soul? Sword Soul, I think, personally, playing the deck Parami Spooky Me... Um, I think that this is, I mean, I'd probably put it tier one. It's tier one. Yeah. That's easy. I, I think it's so. just it's so consistent. Joe, do you have any? I, I think, I think it, what we're seeing with Sword Soul is what we've seen with Tri Brigade last format, where it was like, yeah, if you interrupt the play, yeah, sure, it might die, but it's always going to have that play in its opening hand. So yeah. it, it, it's a tier one deck for that reason, I, I believe. Tri Brigade, where are we put in Tri Brigade, right? It's a, is a, does this encompass all Tri Brigade builds? We'll, we'll um, say like the best Tri Brigade build, whatever that ends up being. Still tier yeah, one. Let's we say it's like like yeah, I would say probably tier one. That's tier one. Yeah, yeah. I think Tri Brigade as an engine is untouched. You yeah. just lost a Tinky, so your deck is still just as fine. It got yeah. two yeah. cards that's, less consistent. That's fair. One thing I will uh, say before we carry on with the tier list is we're probably going to see a lot in that tier one. Like it's a very diverse yep. format. Yeah, but anyway, also this carry deck on. is like thirty dollars. Um, yeah, Drytron. Drytron. Where's Drytron? At tier one. I. It's tier one. I like it's tier one or tier two. Yeah. I think it's tier two. I think Drytron. I mean, the thing is, is it's every deck, every deck profile I'm seeing post burst of destiny is still on three draw and Lockbird, and it's because this deck exists. It's just you mm. simply have to have your answers. But, but to doesn't these the fact ads. that everyone's on Droll and Lockbird. Sure, it, like, addresses a problem in the room, but, like, this deck's... It, it literally loses to that. Like, there's nothing I they think, can do if they don't draw I it think out. Personally, it's in between Tier 1 and 2, so I'll call it the Tier 1.5, but for argument's yeah. sake, because we don't have the 1.5, we'll put it into like, top of Tier 2. Top yeah, of Tier yeah. 2, 100%. Like the front of the, I don't, I don't feel like it's fair calling it Tier 1 because it just doesn't top enough. Like... No. It, it has its power plays. We all know it's good, but... Every single time it goes to an event, it bubbles or it becomes massively outrepresented by like the tri brigade lists that are just running three rescue cat mm. for full combo. Like mm. it's a really cool deck. I think it's got some interesting builds that no one explores because mm. the most consistent thing to do is is the fairy stuff. Um, yeah. But it's definitely I think it's tier two. Yeah, uh, Fluanderies tier one. 
You think it's tier one? I think Fluando is tier one. I also, I think this is like below Drytron. I think it's better. I think that Fluanda is honestly the strategy that everyone is going to prepare for. But that mirror, I think is a nightmare. Mm. I think that you, all your plays are against special summon decks. So it's going to take a Fluanda player yeah. that can understand how to beat the normals to beat this deck. I mean, and I think it, that yeah. Fluanda does so much. I would personally put it Joe, in tier you said one. This deck like auto wins versus Jadol, right? So it, auto, it has a really good matchups against certain things. Um, what I'm going to say about it is it's very much, and I've, I've spoken to you guys in the week about it, it reminds me of Monarch. Not because of the tribute summoning mechanics, it's because it's going to be highly represented. It's got bricking problems, mm -hmm. but when it goes off, you're not going to win against it. Yeah. Like, it I, is I, one of those decks. Like, I don't think it's tier one until they get their new card. I, I think, okay, I will agree with that. A journey yeah. preparations is so strong. And I, I, I would put it, yeah. Top end tier yeah. two for me. Top end tier two. Last night when I was testing, I drew book, book, drooler, drooler, prosperity, and added an eaglin off of that. I didn't see a single Robina or like a way to it. Yeah. But I was just thinking if that book, was journey preparations the new card then i drew full combo yeah like it's a book of moon that fixes bad hands or not a book of moon but like a swallow's nest to dodge imperm but also can turn drawing the bad fluanderies into drawing the good ones i think that's going to probably propel it more consistently yeah. into that tier one slot but for now i think it, it bricks a little too much i think it, it needs to win the games it's going first and if you brick going first yeah. you just are so upset if you, I think it is very much a if you go, it's not so much go first or bust, but it it definitely has mm. a questionable going second. Mm, well, it's yeah. fine to be go first or bust. Like back row decks have been always that way. Yes, but yeah. the problem with playing a go first or bust deck is if you brick on the game you're supposed to win, uh, then you're on the back foot for the entire match because you know you're supposed to win the going first match if you win the die roll. Yeah. If you lose that, you have to win two disadvantaged matchups. Mm. It's way harder. Uh, and a bricky deck just has problems. Um, like, Sword Soul sucks at going second, but it's just never going to brick. Like, yeah. No. Um, all right, next deck, Virtual World. One close to my heart. Um, tier... One close to people's heart, I yeah. really want to put it tier one. Tier I two. don't think it is. It's tier, tier two. two. Possibly the thing, even... huge. Two e the... really strong. My personal, my personal, ven like, not my personal vendetta, but my personal issue with the deck is that this deck struggled with Dryden in the format. Yes, and DPE is, yeah. is just it's yeah, just a yeah. deck it's just every deck's Dryden. I think it's currently yeah. better than Fluanda. I think it's more of a I think it's very like, very even capable deck. Ah uh, yeah. I would also say it's quite because even. If you don't open well with it and you and your only play is to try set up a thing on board to like summon a virtual world off and they have DPE, it, you're gonna yeah. have a bad time. So like it is very like close. I think you probably get, like because we're ranking this by how we feel like the decks are going to perform. Um, yeah, I, I think we're going to see more Fluanderies top just because of the representation. But like, it's also people, easier to play. Yeah, and it's easier to play. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, virtual uh, is also I, super accessible. Gonna, I think I can make the argument that Vdub is the best going second deck of the format that yeah. wants to go first. This I have literally outed five negate perfection boards from mm. Drytron with just four virtual names and, and a tactics. Mm -hmm. Like, it is so doable. Because yeah. every um, virtual card, like, re represents so much interaction. Yeah. For example, like, throwing down a King Long, uh, they have to negate it. Because if you can get something to Grave, you can just then use the on-field effect to negate the perfection, and then you can just cycle the King Long and just do all this crazy stuff. 
Yeah, I, um, do, I do think it, it, it's definitely like a higher higher end of tier two, but I don't, mm, I don't think it's yeah. tier one anymore. No. Uh, speaking of decks that have maybe fallen from their tier one status, Prank Kids. How do you feel about Prank Kids being tier one? No. Tier two. It's, it's you think tier it's two. bottom tier two? Yeah. Uh, it's... DPE exists. DPE, Fluanda. Like you, every deck now is just, I'll tribute your things, I'll banish your things, I'll pop your things. Yeah. And again, just like Virtual World, Prank kids really struggle with Dryden in the format. I mean, I losing even... the Meow Meow to three really hurt their like playthrough possibility. Yes. That is true. I think this is also possibly a card that could even uh, a deck that might even drop down into tier three. Like, I, I feel like it's a deck that like <sighs> because of the hard counters in the format for it, you're gonna see less and less people playing it. I mean, it's that, it's that... a good cross out deck. Yes. Oh yes. <laughs> it is one card starters. Yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, at the moment, definitely that the bottom end of tier two. But, like, okay. that that's my own opinion on it, just because there's now hard outs yeah. in the format. I guess it. looking at these other three decks in tier two, I think they all beat Prank Kids. Yes. Uh, Fluanda's tough because Prank Kids is way more consistent than Fluanda. It is. So but I think of, overall power level of Fluanda I mean, I think that, just. I mean, Fluanda is yeah. too yeah. powerful. Also, like, unexplored yeah. wins just outs Butler. I've also, that's my thing. Yeah, I've also had experiences playing against Prank Kids where they set up the full combo and I just like beat it <laughs> yeah um whereas fluanda like i i don't think you beat that board like it's so it's so aggressive. hard to, yeah it's so hard mm. like um yeah. lyralisk uh, i would put so tier this, two this is pure i'm just this is pure, pure lyralisk i would probably put this tier two i would probably oh, put a end? tier i or would top end i would top end, end. this this is this include in tribal games no, so we'll, no. Oh, we'll you play it. like Nervil. So yeah, you play like Nervil, but this like okay. makes Utopic Draco Future on some blue with three bounces and occasionally can make assembled Nightingale to just make everything a towers. Yeah. Mm. And uh and then recital starling, uh sorry, not recital, uh sorry, MBT. Um uh recital <laughs> starling is just uh um you just both take battle damage. So yep. there's very often instances where if you can't break through four bounces in a monster negate, yep. you just die. The deck can search DD Crow. Uh, the continuous spell just draws a card every turn. Do you know this? The, the continuous spell just says draw a card. If you yeah. control an Xyz monster with three or more materials. It's insane. So I, I think this deck like legitimately and also, I think it's better than Vita. Yeah, and also the inclusion of um, Harpy's Featherstorm, just uh, just yeah. similar to like how you would in a Tri-Brigade variant in Fluanda. Uh, it just it literally time walks uh, decks. I'd be tempted to put this above Drytron. I could honestly see it. Their board's like as good. But it's way yeah. easier, and, and they both lose to draw, I guess. They do both lose to draw. So they're kind of like, I'll put it below Drytron, because I think Drytron has the higher ceiling, but mm. it's, it's pretty up there. It's around there, yeah. Um, oh, no. So, yeah. Shadow Steve. So, um, so Shadow Steve, tell us what you talking, think about Shadows. If we're talking pure Shadow, it's definitely a rogue. Let's go Dole and like this, this Trap Doll. Yeah. For reference. Okay. So, so this, is trap this is Trap Shadow. This will be every version of Shadow that doesn't play Invoked, whatever they uh, are. Rogue. Like uh, I hate to say it, but it's rogue now. Like and and I know we're bringing up Fluanda as a reason for a lot of things, but this this deck just doesn't do anything mm. against Fluanda. Like the it fact that they other yeah. deck, I'd not Fluanda. I'd argue this deck has a ninety percent versus Sword Soul. Yeah, I would agree. I, would I mean, it's very good against Sword Soul. But uh, if you were for a Sword Soul player, they scoop. They can't do anything. The problem we have though um, is. Shadow, like if you take Shadow into a tournament now, you're gonna wipe the floor of your Sword Soul matchups. You're gonna do pretty well against maybe your, I don't know, virtual, well, maybe not so virtual world, but um, 
Lyrilisk and maybe Tribal Your Brigade. Tribal, has, yeah. You know, those sorts of decks, you're going to have an all right time. As soon as you come up against that Flounder, it's so hard it's to beat. Like, you, like you, you, what? What do you, you do? Draw... You make a window? Like, no. Like, you make a shit. Yeah, you, know, you don't. They don't care about construct. They don't care you about make anything, a grister, buddy. And no they... special summon. <laughs> oh, shut up! Nothing. You make a Shekinaga. Nothing. No special summon. Yeah. Oh my god, you're right. They actually can't do anything. There's so nothing. It's like you and can't. You can't. You're what, playing a beatdown uh, deck. Yeah, like you're like, playing and down. Your Shadol fusion isn't netting yeah. you resources. No. You're having to use it from hand. By that logic, also, would you put Invoked above it? Yes, because Invoked can make Caliga. Yes, I don't think Invoked so, is like tier. No, no it's tier also, three. Stop, stop normal summoning Alistair. It's 2021. It's Get over it. Probably tier two. It probably is. Like, let's be real. We've if, all lost if we're talking Shadol, Invoked, Dogmatica, then yes, probably the yeah, bottom yeah. bottom end of tier two. But, I think it's still viable. Yeah, one of one other comment I will make about Shadol now as well is like, like even their like monsters like um, oh, I can't forget the Ariel. Like they don't they yeah. don't care about that either. Like it, it, what's it, it doing? Yeah, yeah, and like dimensional shifter is in the meta now as well. Well, it, it does like, hurt a deck when one of its one of the most popular and budget friendly meta decks of the format. Yes. is a hard counter. It's the yeah. antithesis of the strategy. And, and I think Sword Soul doesn't have that problem with Shadol because Shadol is not one of the most budget-friendly meta... I mean, you still have to buy Dogmatica, you still have to buy, you know, uh, structure decks and schisms and stuff that's getting a little bit harder to, like, come across, I guess. Megatons. Mm. True, it was in the Megatons. Yeah, but it like, was in the Megatons, yeah. It's not as easy to pick up as just a full Fluanda base or a full Lyralisk base from, like, one set. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's never going to be, like, as popular as the new fun hotness. And everyone's already played Construct for a year. Like, they know what it does. Yeah. I mean, I'm always going to have the soft spot for it. Yeah, but yeah exactly. Like, yeah. Uh, heroes tier three yeah i would put heroes tier three uh, dark lore is and will remain the best card uh i just believe that personally part of me spooking me i think that uh heroes are at ten, at a moment where the amount of interaction that's running around in the metagame just outpaces them like mm. a tuck I, I hard disagree i think heroes is super pushed right now I think it's tier two. I think DPE alone is enough to make this deck tier two. Like, I understand yeah. where you're coming from yeah. from interaction. Literally, the best play Sword Soul does is Fusion Destiny pass. Like, that is their best goddamn play. And in mm. Heroes, you can start with that play. It then yeah. gives you extenders that if you get interrupted after that, you still got DPE. If they ask your Fusion Destiny, you've still got your normal hero deck. So. I, th I think I'm still in the lab with this deck. I think it's tier two. I think it's definitely viable in this meta. Uh, yeah. It's definitely competitive. Yeah. I don't I think, think it's going to take like every event, but it'll, it's going to take top slots. You have to I buy their cards too. That's true. I think yeah, I, I would agree with tier two on that. Like to be honest, like because I've, we we've seen that the inherently yeah. like the uh, hero engine is quite strong. It has dark law, and dark law DPE seems pretty good to me. So, well, looking yeah. at these top decks, dark law eradicates tri brigade. Mm. It kills drytron. It kills V-Dub. And then, you know, other decks are going to struggle against, like, uh, the, the board wipe of Absolute Zero. Like, you know, DPE kills Prank Kids. I think it has, like, really good tools against most of these decks. It's yeah. just almost like it's a touch. It hits 
too much. Like it hits too much a little bit and not something really strong. I think Dark Lord, like it's an it's an insta kill versus tribal game. But Dark Lord's Dark Lord. Like I don't think Dark Lord's a fair metric to judge a whole deck on. Cause you cause also you have to work to get Dark Lord. It's not yeah, just yeah. something that you can go, oh oops, I've got Dark Lord low. The whole point of the deck previously was you had no linear play to Dark Lord. It was like you had to draw mask change or do some kind of like voodoo magic to get Shadow Mist to special yeah. summon itself, right? Now you have a linear game plan to DPE that occasionally you draw into mask change for. And I get that like the ceiling is still res- like you need luck to draw into it. But I mean, even the interaction where cross crusader, if you get like um, skullmeister on the return effect of DPE cross crusader can just reborn it. It's a destiny hero. Yeah. So it's never gone and I, you can I, run two. It's very easy to make two. I think for argument's sake, we'll leave it at tier two. I um, think tier two. Yeah. yeah. I think it's and, above tier three. I, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, evil twins or live twins. Um, this I think is probably tier three. Yeah. This uh, like a tier three deck. I feel like twins are really strong. Twins are so strong. Trouble Sunny is, as we discussed in our Boss Monsters discussion podcast episode, exactly what the deck needed. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's enough anymore. I just don't. I don't think you know the pop and special summons are, you know, what is gonna push this deck above everything that it's looking at on this list so I mean, far it's kind of just doing its best dpe impression yeah it's really. DPE, but a dpe but it draws a card so sure yeah it's like but better it's but like it's, it's hard as hard as well, it gets targets to. you can't use it in direct response to something because it starts a new chain yeah mm. it's very strong um and definitely take games and i think twins have the resilience of having such uh you know discrete engine that they can put in killer back row they can put in killer spells they can put in killer hand traps um i just yeah it's a wee bit tough at this moment in time establishing where i think evil twins will sit um i think a bit more testing is needed speaking of waifus sky striker rogue Uh, rogue that's rogue yeah Um, i'm liking seeing striker with dpe yeah i am Maybe. Uh, maybe I'm overlooking that. I, this deck has not... I, I, has think done much. I just think it needs something else, but like that something else is literally another engage, which can't happen. Mm. Um, and I think that, you know, Sky Striker have always had a lot of strength, but I think now more than ever, a lot of um, its unique interaction is it doesn't do enough. I think and you also can't get to it fast enough. It's one of the decks that will utilize DPE the best. Mm. Um, in its own engine for the fact that you can clear off your main deck monster and plus off of it but <laughs> like well not plus but you know like it, it benefits you um, yeah. so like uh, I would put it like personally like in that on that line from like road to tier 3 like it, we might see it a little bit more but yeah you're right like it hasn't mm. done anything I mean, there, much there were, since coming back there were topping striker lists that were playing Dragoon so like mm. even knowing that and those lists were outperforming like pure at tournaments yeah. Um knowing that Striker Striker needed that extra help. Yeah. It makes sense that DPE fulfills that role. I think it does better than Dragoon though, because obviously it, cl- it clears off the main the main monster zone. Yeah. But yeah. We may eat crow here, but I think I think it's rogue. And I think rogue is fair. Like it's still mm. heavily. It's a good on rogue deck. It's best card is at one. Like 
that's going to hurt and, any deck. and shocked the community when I mean, it came back. We're going to talk about another deck that's had its best card put to one and just completely died. Yeah. Before um, that, um, Guru, Guru Control, whether it's Dragu- uh, Draguru or Floodgate Guru. I'm going to say it's Rogue. Rogue. It's too much of a going first strategy in my, my book. Like, yeah. yeah, I would probably put, I know Eldritch is on this list and we might be jumping ahead. Yeah. I think I'd put Eldritch higher than Dragoon, uh, Guru at this moment in time. Yeah, sorry, Thomas. Yeah. I mean, Guru is still good. Like, again, sorry, Troy as well. Yeah, sorry, Troy. Like we talked about with Fluanda and Monarch, like once it's going, you're not going to win. Mm. Um, but I think getting it going, it relies a lot on your opponent playing into what you have unless you open the absolute nuts. Like yeah. if your opponent battles into your guru, yeah, you win the game. But, you know, especially with DPE, with all the removal people are playing, it just seems hard to stick a guru and hope that's enough. I'm in second, that mm. just doesn't quite cut it. Like it, no. it, it doesn't do enough. Uh, like people. And that's why the Red Eyes Fusion build was off. popular, right? Yeah. Yeah, like Draguru. Yeah. Because you just yeah. go Red Eyes Fusion, set Guru. That's your going second play. Yeah, yeah. sick. You better get into it. Um, dinosaur. Rogue. Rogue. Rogue yeah. yeah. Uh, Sadly. to one hurt too bad. You can actually interact with them now, which turns out um, makes the ex- deck kind of glass cannony. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't uh, give it as recovery either. Like, it, it, yeah. once that first misc is mm. gone, like, if, if you can weather that first storm, it's kind of, that's it. It's feeling like August, where, like, once yes. they lost Harp, they had this really convoluted seven-card extra deck combo. Scrap, Recycler, yeah. Golem, that, Wyvern. That yeah. got them to the same board, but was just like, yeah, if you just interrupt it, they, they pass. And Dinosaur's like, mm. you know, if you Ash the, uh, the Misk they activate, they're just like, yeah, I've got no Misk anymore for the rest of the game. And yeah. uh, also my combo is over. Pass. You know, yeah. that's, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, I'd I'd keep it at Rogue. Yeah. Uh, Dragoon, or like Dragoon.dick. Yeah, Raid Keeper, Rogue. Dragoon, Dragoon Turbo. Rogue, yeah, it's yeah. easy rogue. Yeah. Uh, as, a, as you know, this is exactly what you face in Palmerston North. What are your thoughts on this, uh, Joe? It's just too easy to get around. Like, if you main deck a droplets, or you even side a droplets, or dark rule no more, yeah. it's like, that's it, you're done. Like, cool. And, everyone, it. and everyone's on it. Every yeah. list I'm yeah. seeing is on tactics, droplets, dark rulers, just because, if like, what we're seeing at the tier one and two is just insane yeah. boards. It's not yeah. on this list, but I think um, Inspector Board has kind of replaced this as the... Yes. Full helmet, just five back row pass deck. Well, you and play them both it, it seems in, better. in some of the decks. You yeah. play them. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, the I advantage mean, of Inspector Border is you can, you know, it doesn't take up too many resources to just put three monsters in your deck with yeah. 37 trap cards. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Adagnista. Uh I think I'd probably put this at tier three. This like, deck's kind of good. I yeah. think Adagnista's fun. We just saw Kiz uh, come first in Swiss and top for the. Um, uh, latest Bay Dragon he's on uh, extravaganza, world. and he, yes, yeah, Small World was Ooh. something that he was on to find his Adagnista pieces. Kind of sick, actually. They're all different levels, different types, and they're all Cybers. So, yeah, yeah, and different attacks and defenses. That's a card that a lot of people are overlooking as well. Like that, that Agreed. card is so mm. good. Yeah. I and think I would comfortably put Adagnista there. I think Towers Dot Deck is still good. Um, yeah. I think that potentially it's not as strong uh, as I think it once was. Um. And I also think, you know, people are kind of taking kaijus out because Striker's kind of yep. disappearing. So it, I haven't cited kaijus in weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of in the tier three potential. It's got a lot of potential. I would yep. say it's tier three high potential. Yeah, I put it around, yeah, around the same of Live, live Twins. Like it could, yeah. you know, top a tournament. It could win a tournament. It's almost like, like, yeah, it's almost like yeah. tier three is like the waiting room. It's like, yeah. you've got potential. Let's just see it. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why this banned card is here but uh zodiac it's it's bad rogue this yeah, is bad, bad. I, yeah, I have seen people anything. jamming it like no 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 zoo's still good zeus turbo uh zeus is still at three 
you know, uh, we've got Cross Out now, which is actually kind of legit in Zodiac because, you know, it is truly the one card engine deck to end them all, but mm. I don't I don't think it hangs. I don't no, think it hangs, Dom. Salad. Uh, <laughs> Rogue. Uh, I'm going to put this... This deck's r- like tier two, but no one plays it. That's right. my opinion. So my opinion on Salad now, I actually have thought about Salad a little bit in this format, and it's now mm. awful because... You think it sucks? DPE. DPE. Like, yeah, sure. you DPE yeah, the normal summon, you don't have any follow-up unless you got the gazelle in hand and the chances of that yeah pretty low the funny thing about salaman great is that like the lists that have been top like salaman great didn't get nuked as hard as striker and thunder dragon and they got their nuke target back they got mirage stelio back so they're basically mm-hmm. back to where they were during like the end of toss and the deck's like just it's very good and no one plays it it does it's- what it does really well because yes. it's just everyone's played it already <laughs> like everyone's bored of salad <laughs> It does. The only thing that I, I felt it had going for it is the how fast you can go into access code talker and how fast, like, yeah. you know, it can come out of nowhere. Crazy. Uh, and you can oh, do obviously totally. the double, double attack. Yeah. 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 If you just leave a Salaman Great player board untouched to go sick, uh, update Joma access code 83, you're dead. You yeah. had a lot of success with this tech, Ruben. It was like, yes. well, this is one of the best performing decks you've ever played during Tri Brigade format. Yeah. And it, it held a candle because I think the back row that you could en- enable was really impactful. Sure you beat everybody. <laughs> I don't even think it held a candle. I think it was like better than Tri yeah. Brigade. I think Salamangrate was super strong in this meta, unfortunately. Again, Salad yeah. really struggled against Dryden. That was kind yeah. of the biggest issue. And it wasn't great also, at going second. Not to mention Baron as well. Like, just completely shuts it down. Like the, it, it, even even like Sword Souls board, like how do you get around that as a salad player? There's mm. there's not yeah. a lot around it unless you're like main no. in like a droplets or, or a you know duck roar or something like that. There's there's just mm. not enough. And for that mm. reason, like and I feel like if we it, talk about yeah. a deck that relies on a card like Dark Roller no more to get your plays going, it can't be in the tier list really. Like it can't be a I, tiered deck. I can yeah. foresee a time in which Salaman Great, as it is right now, is like here. Like in a different format. Like I think it's Yeah crazy how few people play that deck it's like 20 dollars yeah uh, <laughs> you play like zero staples like you can play ash and like other than that you when don't you need... play ash it's a fire effect monster yeah you don't need like a ton of broken staples like prosperity that's like, a get cheaper at gold series as well to get your access codes for it that's exactly true. yeah that's yeah. like the only really inaccessible card so i, don't know, I think yeah. this is like a good deck like Agree. Good, I don't think I'd, I'd almost put it like high rogue. I don't think it's much worse than Adagnista, but yeah, I'll put it like the Toss decks can live here. Yeah, about there. Hello, Toss. Mm, mm. Orcus not on the list because uh, reasons. Reasons. Uh, Altergeist. This uh, deck topped like several events lately. I think yeah, I'd probably put three. it tier three, tier two. Yeah, I think it's tier yeah. three. Tier three. I'd say top I, end know, of tier three. Yeah, I think yeah. Altergeist are really strong. Back row has only gotten better. Um, and really all that people are worrying about now with like excess amounts of back row is um, evenly matched, which is, mm. you know, you just bored for because Lancia does actually do some stuff this format. Um, Let's mention this is the greatest deck to play evenly matched in. Yes. Yeah. Evenly multi-faker. Thank you very much. Uh, you just main it. Like, yeah. It's insane. Yeah. I, I mean, Altergeist tried and true. Uh, yeah. Three, you know, three multi-faker is strong. You don't even play three. So, you know, that's it's awesome. It's definitely one of those decks as soon as it's set up, like you don't break it. It's so hard no, to get no. around like as soon as it's got that set up. Uh, it's know. better than Guru at that as well because of Conquery yes. and um, spoofing just being such assholes to get around. Yep. Yeah. Eldritch. Uh, this has been topping as well. I uh, would probably put it tier three, maybe even tier two uh, once people start jamming Sky Prison. I think Lord of the Trap Eldritch is tier two. That's tier my two. opinion. That's my yeah. opinion. I think too. also yeah. Lord of the Heavenly Prison, I think people are really underestimating that one too. That's mm. another burst yeah. of Destiny secret that is going under the radar. I yeah. think are you going to say... Sorry, you carry yeah. on. 
No, but you're right. We're going to see a lot of this. And you'll see that Lord uh, of the Heavenly Prison. Like that, that, That's going to be a card that, like, you know, all of a sudden people's lightning storms aren't doing as much. The Harpies, Feviduster, like, that's nowhere near as good. Like, because you can just protect all that back row. And I think that's super, super underrated. Like, if you can protect yeah. your back row and your floodgates, like, I know it's set, set cards, but, like, you know, like, that, that that's big. Um, and and the fact that you can like then set a trap from the deck after special in it, and the fact also it's a level ten, is pretty good for Eldritch. Yeah. Also, it, like Lord of the Heavenly Prison, it's any spell or trap. So if yeah. you have anything that can answer your opponent's problems, next turn it's live. It's like red yeah. rebooting yourself. Yeah, I think it's strong, and I think it will get stronger. Yeah. All right, yeah. Phantom Knight. Uh, this tier is the one. Best, this is the best deck of the format. I think it's definitely tier one. That's my opinion. Mm. I think PK is strong, it stays strong, and it's got more tools um, with DPE being around. What, what do you think, Joe? Because me and, me and Ruben have been kind of decided on this being the best deck of the format for a so, bit. I haven't looked into Phantom Knight all that much, probably because like in my own locals, like I've just been focusing mainly on the newer decks, more from a financial standpoint. I don't want to like invest in, in Phantom Knight at the moment. Yep. But mm-hmm. I feel like you're right. Like it... It benefits from a DPE. You can also choose the Dragoon package. Like, it's yep. it sets up a board that, like, you know, the newer decks can struggle to get around. Like, um, what do you call it? The breaks. Oh, sorry. The God, lost the, the Fog card. Blades, the, uh, Fog Blades. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Like, they, they can stop Sword Soul in their tracks. Like, it, it's it's oh, yeah. it's good still. And and I feel like when you see decks like Shadow and stuff coming out of the format a little bit more because of decks like Floundaries, it helps decks like Phantom Knight because their hard counter is like less represented in the format. So my, from that yeah. standpoint, I reckon tier one, yeah. My, my reasoning for saying this is the best deck of the format is it can play every good new tool that has been printed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can main tactics, you can main droplet easily. You can play cross dra- out, cross out easily. You can play dragoon. You can play verte. It very much just feels like the uninteractive version of Drytron because Cherubini is such an a just a problem card. Um, you know, really does feel like just any two level threes is full combo. Uh, the the first thing you can ash is Bardish, and by that point they've generally set up enough to still end on like, you know, a verte plus double fog blade or something like that. Just really good at making capable boards through anything. And uh, going second, I think they're just, again, like the best droplet deck of the format. If you open like Boots Droplet, you're like, well, I've already got a follow-up after using Droplet. It's insane. Mm. Uh, And again, like being able to use DPE, being able to use um, Crossout. Yeah, or Dragoon. We may be a little biased because this is by far the best deck in Japan right now, um, purely Mm. on the back of the Brave Token engine, which is coming out soon. Uh, This is easily the best Brave Token deck Yep. Um, not even close. So, yeah, it's interesting that this deck is currently tier one and is getting a card like, um, well, the series of cards, the Brave Tokens, that propel it through any hand trap. Uh, kind of worrying, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think um, January time could be an interesting ban list. Yeah. Around yeah, these, uh, so, uh, this, yeah this, for, just uh, for yeah. Um, product product release-wise, our ban list will be out before we get yeah. Grand Creators. I, I think yeah. they could hit this deck to a Tier 2 with a ban um, before that, just to help push these newer decks. Newer decks you know, Phantom up, Knights yeah. is playing a lot of old cards. Um, Fluandery is getting the new support. Like I could see the list looking a lot more like this yes. post-ban list. Yeah, um, but for now. But for now, I think Phantom Knight is the best deck. I think uh, Tri-Brigade and Sword Soul both kind of accomplishing the same thing in, in Tier 1. 
just you know pick your flavor of normal summon a guy make an extra deck monster mm. <laughs> it's mm. yeah it's kind of the format and i mean prank kids were that last format they won the ycs for that exact reason yeah yeah uh tribrate also won that for the exact reason too yeah. consistent does the job really well and and this deck got hit a lot harder than tribrate let's be real absolutely um at emancipators uh rogue. synchro rogue uh, i mean baron is an incredible tool uh we've seen a lot of people on like dagda scythe into wonder magician rogue, but yeah yeah i think the synchro i think synchro stuff is really strong um but the issue I, with I, it's just no there's no resilience there's no search that's what block dragon gave the, the issue with adam emancipator has never been making good end boards <laughs> no it's getting to um, those end boards the reason i think this deck is in the conversation of tier three is ready fusion specifically i think yeah ready well, hundred dollar mystical sands will do uh, that yeah so yeah ready fusion into mystical sand plus the normal summon analyzer can get you to boron before you start playing and i think that's quite powerful and puts more emphasis on the deck being able to like start with protection um, as opposed to going normal doki doki effect ash cool your turn um i think that puts it in contention giving them access to a good level 10 previously they were on satellite warrior which um, is a which needs a synchro monster to but play summoner. it just doesn't do anything going first no. it's more of like a tricky halk setup play i like mm. it i think the deck is good i think it's resilient now because if you end on halk plus a level six you at least have one interruption potentially two that's rogue though yeah and then dragon link uh where do we feel about dragon link Gosh. is this tier three I, is this still i want to say like, i want to say tier two i'm probably um, put it tier two yeah, like, and, and I know this is a really bad reasoning and it's not got no logical reasoning, but I've been watching a few of these t tier lists that, uh, on YouTube and for some reason a lot of competitive players... What are those? I thought we started one. this. Oh, yeah, well, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but um, a lot of them have it in tier one and I, I don't know if that's because of the uh, bode cards that I haven't really looked into, to be honest. Uh, they are good. Yeah, I mean, but... Rocket Calibur is just a free summon to a Link Zone, so... It's given. It's been given some more tools, and it still puts up consistent, pretty decent end boards. I I don't think it, you can put it in tier three. Like I feel like it's slightly better mm. than all those decks. Mm. Um, I mean, Dragon not Link top end of tier two. They didn't like, get hit very hard on the last ban list. Like Striker no. Dragon to one was the last thing that happened. LP and, ban, huh? LP ban. And the LP ban. ban. And then after that, it's still topped a YCS. So, yes. and it it's hasn't still been incredibly good. Since, so yeah. Um, I think people honestly are probably just bored of it. Like yes. yeah. it's been a lot. It's been a long like time salad. of Rocket or Dragon Link in general. I think people are just like, oh, let's try something else. Yeah. Um. Look at that. We did it. Yeah, we, we made the definitive, made the first ever tier list, the best tier list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first, yeah, first and the best. Yeah. Um. But if you listeners have anything that you would like to dispute yeah. with us, if you think that um, uh, where the painters are uh, tier zero and have been completely overlooked in our analysis, um, yeah. please let us know at our contact email at thefacedowns at gmail.com or, you know, feel free to leave a comment down below uh, if you think that we've, you know, oh, totally we, skipped over We probably did skip over Despia there. I'd, uh, like well, I, that's kind of Shadol. It's kind of in the, the Shadol. Like, move Shadol if you think the Despia one has potential. Hmm. I would say Despia is like bottom in tier three, Rogue. Yeah, okay. so I, I'm yeah. happy to put Shadol there. Uh, I think yeah. Shadol's good. Okay, now yeah. we'll lock in. This, yeah. yeah, we'll lock Sick. this one in. Um, so yeah, please feel free to contact us at thefacedowns yeah. at gmail.com or leave a comment below if you think that we've, you know, totally skipped over. Um, some org yeah you know. also like the video yeah because we're on youtube now in, in case you weren't aware and subscribe to the face downs on youtube uh we appreciate it we need 
to pay for our crippling card addictions. And uh, we aim to do a giveaway. We can more on that after we've read yeah, our questions. We'll, we'll be do- giveaway. Uh, so huge giveaway. Stay to the end of the video to find out how the how to win it. I Joe, Joe, yeah. do we have a giveaway? Uh, oh, I forgot to ask about that. Uh, all right, yeah, no yeah. giveaway. You're no giveaway, you're yeah. all gonna starve. We can cut we'll this out. You know. Or is there? <laughs> we can cut this out if we want to. Hundred percent. No, no I'm leaving it in. Screw yeah. it. We oh, it fine. In. All right. All right. All right. All right. I've got an Egyptian god mat. I can give away to someone. That's fine. That's true. I'll give you a a really dented Medianus Drytron. Uh, it's it's truly just absolutely destroyed. Um, and that could be yours. That just could message be yours. me. Just, oh. I'll give it to you. You want off, it. off topic a bit here. A story from Hobby League, really quickly. Um, someone had come in with some cards to get priced up. Um, they hand over their folder. We open it up. There's a first edition, edition Toon Blue Eyes White Dragon. Secret no. Rare. NA <gasps> print. <gasps> no! It's bent in half. Oh. No! I cried. Damn. But anyway, moving on to you the next section. That out. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you can buff that out. You can buff that out. You can buff that out. All right. So. Uh, we thought now, we'd like we'd start a new segment on the yeah, podcast. A new segment, um, question time, mailbag, extravaganza. Um, we can come up with a fun name for it next time, but for now, it's questions. Uh, I, I wanna, from I, I'm going to think of something while we do right, this. Ruby's yeah. going to think of a dumb, cool name for it. Yeah, uh, not dumb. Sorry, but for the time being, uh, Joe, you've got some questions from some from your locals. Locals, yes. I've pulled up all of the lovely questions we were asked on Facebook or via our email address. Uh, that is the facedowns at gmail.com once again. Uh, Joe, you want to lead us off with something? Yep, I'll save one question for the end. Um, yep. But we have a question, two questions here from Alistair Parks. Uh, one of them is directed more at Ruben, and it's just a how to understand when something is cost. How do you understand that? I mean, this is a fun topic. I, I would really, I think this is in our wheelhouse. We will be aiming to do a rulings episode further down the line. Um, I think visuals are a lot more helpful for rulings. Uh, as always, I really recommend um, uh, watching other people play and potentially listening to those people, you know, that do discuss in-depth te- in rulings. People like MST.TV, people like Distant Coda, um, people like Sir Eminon on YouTube. Um, they're really comprehensive with how you can kind of understand rulings and game mechanics. Um, in terms of cost, I always like to delineate with the colon or semicolon. Um, I believe that that is your best indicator of when things are cost or they are part of the what we uh, is also known as the activation requirement. Um, so something, for example, uh, let's say uh, racket key break. That's a classic example. It is discard and target one card on the field, colon. So there is an activation requirement to, you know, this card. You have to discard and then target a card on the field. So in order for you to target, you must also discard. Something like Dynamiscus, uh, it reads, uh, when you activate it, it says target one face-up card on the field, semicolon. Uh, So your activation requirement for this particular card is simply the target. So we see a lot of, and then its effect is to discard one card and if you do banish the target. So the thing you're trying to point out is that cost may be identical between cards uh, in terms of the resolution of the card. Both cards require you to target and discard to resolve the effect. But the key thing is in what sequence they ask you to do them and when they are before and after Mm -hmm. the colon. Um, Yeah. Really, Really the colon. 
you know, just like a yeah. um, like a proctologist, look out for the colon. That's all <laughs> I've got to say. Um, I think that that's your yeah. best bet for costs. And and when cards don't have a colon, then you assume there is no cost involved. Like there is no cost to yeah. activate um, skilled. Well, there is a cost to activate skilled drain. Bad example. And there's no cost to activate summon limit. Yes. You activate it and it just, it is on it the is. field. Yeah, um, yeah. Whatever the effect So not every card has a cost. And that confuses some people when like a card, for example, Pot of Greed just says draw two cards. Everyone goes, is that cost? And it's nope. like, well, no, it just has an, an invisible cost of nothing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Activating the card is your cost. Essentially. Yes, exactly. Yeah. For, yeah. for yeah. spell traps specifically. Um, often and there's always way. personal resources that you can use as a player. Um, refer to the Yu-Gi-Oh card database that's available at yu-gi-oh-card.com uh, as well as Neuron because they generally provide you with the most up-to-date card texts. Yeah. Um, obviously, another discussion that can probably be tied into rulings is something known as a problem-solving card text. Uh, mm-hmm. This was something that we've discussed, fun enough, previously because we re- uh, Lucas recently purchased a set of secret rare Ash Blossoms. Um, and they notably have the clause during either player's yeah, turn instead of a quick play. as opposed to in bracket quick effect. Uh, so that's a classic example of problem solving card test. So just make sure that you have the most uh, current version of the card available. Um, and if it's, you know, not the most max rarity, if you do own the max rarity version, make sure you have a copy of yep. the current uh, wording available so that you and your opponent are able yep. to understand the card in its uh, entirety. If you want a soft cheat, just play the old version of Rescue Cat. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got three questions here from Renton and they're all quite fast to answer. So we'll okay. go with these. Okay. A R- little rapid fire round. Rapid okay. fire round before Without I get to looking, our emails. How many green spikes does Niwatori have on its head? Sorry? Three. Five. <laughs> correct. Three. What? Whoever said five was correct. Ruby, oh. right. Me, Damn. Queen, yeah, there sorry, we go. What, Tori. I don't know. It's oh, is that a the normal chicken? level three monster that like looks like it's eaten a bit too much. Yeah, that's the chicken, the, the full it's chicken. Yeah, and chicken. yeah, yeah, yeah that's the one. Yeah, Niwa Tori. It does have there five spikes. All right, that's a good five one. Spikes. There we go. Right. Uh, the next What's one? the next one? Oh, this one might take a little bit of time. I'm going to say <laughs> one card. So he asked for three cards. But if you could, what card would you like to be reprinted in Ulti or Ghost? This is a really good question. Do you have any immediate thoughts, anyone? Mine's, I'd like if you want to get Ash Blossom. Ash Blossom. Okay, that's, that's good. Easy. Which one? Ulti, Ulti or Ghost? Uh, Ulti. Just to go with the other. Yeah. That's probably going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, well, the yeah. Japanese have it in Ultimate and it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yep. Um, Lucas, do you have a car that you would like uh, to? Ghost Stratos. No. Um, <laughs> don't do that to myself. I, look, I'm a big fan of the Ghost Rare. And mm-hmm. I think Ghost Rares are particularly, like, I don't like how they've been treating them lately where they've just been kind of throwing Ghost Rares on just, like, random cards like BLS and stuff like that. Mm. But I do think, um, like, a Zeus would look really nice in Ghost. I guess it already has a Starlight. Yeah. It's tough because most of the cards that I want to get blinged do. Xyz <laughs> Ghost are cool. I'll give you that. Yeah. And, like, the one that I would love, like, you know, the classic hero player complains about Cross Crusader being a rare. But, like, come on, it's the only non-foil card in the deck. Like... I would love Cross Crusader to be just a super, honestly. <laughs> but yeah. a Ghost or an Ulti would be awesome. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd probably do an Ultimary Apocalypse Towers. That card was <laughs> only a rare. <laughs> that would That's a good one. That card never cool. got printed higher. It was only a rare. I kind of, I kind of messed with that. So I would love to see Apocalypse Towers get a higher rarity printing. I think my other choice is Alucard, but it's got a really pretty Ultimate Rare. So I'm a huge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah when I'd a card like to already see. has an Ulti, it's hard yeah. to argue yeah. for a Ghost. Yeah. And the final question from Renton is: What is your favorite card of all time? That is a big one. Joe, do you have an answer? It's hard because I've got two. 
And I think I could probably, I could comfortably. Um, for me, uh, memory and something that I've really started to enjoy more is um, a double X Saber Bog at Night. I think okay. for me, The Shining Darkness has, is a lot of nostalgia for me. Um, and Double X Saber as a playable is incredible. Uh, it was mandatory once it came out uh, for the X Saber strategy. Um, and it's also like bulked up Force Raider, which is a cool storyline. Um, so for me, I would go Double X Saber Bog at Night. Right, I've got like two answers, which is kind of cheating. I stuck to the brief. I stuck um, to the brief. Because I have an answer for like a card I love playing with and a card that I just love like the art and like the surrounding um emotional quality to it so my favorite card to play with and i think ruben knows this is constella ptolemy m7 i love this card um it just does everything i want a card to do it can be used to accrue value it can be used to remove threats it's just a big idiot on the field you can use to hit things uh it can interrupt your opponent's graveyard like the fact that its effect is just so universally applicable is awesome i Mm. really really like that card um it's a shame it's like a little bit slow nowadays like it's not a quick effect but even in virtual world like this is the card that i think won me like some of the toughest games um because it's just you know getting back an ash blossom at a critical moment or removing a threat is so awesome mm. um my favorite card like for nostalgia reasons would be elemental hero thunder giant <laughs> yeah because that's I, a great one I, I pulled it back in the day i remember i went to an armageddon tournament and i had all these fake cards in my deck and i had a meltdown because the judge came over like in round three and was like you you can't play these like yeah there is no elemental hero um you know spark jockey <laughs> it's like that's not a card and i obviously like as a nine-year-old kid i had a bit like of a meltdown and my parents were there and they're like all right let's just buy buy this kid some packs and and we'll rebuild the deck from what we can uh, and lost millennium was like the set that was out at the time and i loved heroes so i ended up and i played like an elemental hero jam everything deck for the rest of that event and lost every game but i remember one of my only good plays was i could fusion into thunder giant because i pulled a super and uh, yeah i just have like warm memories of that card i also really love the card wing weaver because it was the strongest monster I had back when I played with like my cousins <laughs> when yeah. I was a really little kid. And I just think that card's art is sick. Mm. So, uh, so I answered three. So that's a cheat. Yeah. <laughs> I've got two, which I'll go along the same lines where my favorite one's a play back in the day. And I don't know why. It was probably just because it was the time I got most into my Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, was Lavarble Chain. Um, oh, I really like that card. Good choice. <laughs> but my favorite nostalgic card would be Razor the Storm Monarch. Just because I remember nice. pulling the Ultimate Rail one when I was a kid, and it was like the first like expensive card I ever pulled, and for some reason I just really like its artwork as well. So it's a good yeah. card. I mean, it's a really strong card too. It is, and it, I mean, I'm happy now because I get to play the Mega Razor. So yeah, I mean, like regular Razor would be playable, I think, in Flow Under. Easily. I, th- I think yeah. it will. Mega yeah. Razor is too legit, yeah, which is lovely. Um, All right, so you've got a question here from is it Thomas Bailey? Yeah, so our next uh, writer, uh, Thomas Bailey, writes here. From team... Oh, you want to read the question? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To the resolution of Book of Eclipse, (laughs) what are your thoughts on the previous change of Nationals champs being converted to North and South Island champs? So this is a New Zealand-focused question, but you you could apply it to your own region. Uh, Without Oceania, the current events feel a lot more like big fish in a small pond, as less players have felt inclined to travel. Uh, But the two events have made higher play more accessible and a bigger combined player base with open entries. So 
you know, more people can play. Uh, missing big events, Thomas of Team Mystic Hours. And then there's a bonus question. What's your favorite spicy tech card strategy you've taken to an event? Mine was playing Mech Knight Invoked with my side deck being a trick star core I'd masquerade into when I knew I was going first. <laughs> That's a great question. Okay. Um, I mean, thoughts on nationals being changed into North and South Island champs? I can kind of speak on this. I've worked, I work in part of the event organization. Um, I think... Obviously, you have the Oceanics background, which is something that, you know, Lukes and I yet to have. Yeah, we've never seen So, these, so. we've never seen Oceanics. I, obviously, we've seen North and South Island. So, I think personally, I agree with, honestly, both statements. The, um, you mm-hmm. know, Big Fish, Small Pond, we know the competitive players are just going to turn up and dominate those regional or, like, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. like, island-based events. I want to ask Joe, was, was Nationals, National Champs, was Australia and New Zealand? Oceania. Oceania, Oceania is, yeah. So national. So you had was, to travel to Australia. Uh, for Oceania, I played Brisbane OC, yeah. which was 2016, I believe. Um, so it was higher end than what we have it, now. Maybe. It is, but I, I I agree with Thomas in a way where I I, I really liked nationals and the splitting of it does like kind of put a little bit of a rift, you know, down the middle mm. between South North and South Island. I know you know there'll be reasons of why it happened. Um, mm. I hope in the future to see a national size event going on again because there is something really special about people from the South Island coming up to the North Island, pe- people from all over the North Island all traveling to the one event. Um, yeah. And like you meet these people you see on the Facebook page all the time, like people you trade with, people you talk to, you know, with over, over you know. And, and, and I, I feel like nationals are very special and I, I hope we get them again. Like I don't know how long yeah. in the future they're going to be around, uh, you know, but I. I <laughs> yeah i feel no, like I north and south have their don't get me wrong it has its merits and it was kind of like yeah but i wish to, to be honest it was all free so like you had the north islands the south islands and then like the overall massive event of nationals like almost like mm. and then you got the best and you can like kind of pitch yourself like you'd be like right i won the south island champs now i want to move on and be the south island uh sorry the whole of new zealand like national champion as such like so yeah. you can like try to like yeah, but I, I agree. Like, it does put a bit of a rift down the middle. Uh, and I, I've always preferred nationals, but I'm not going to complain. I just want big scale Yu Gi Oh back in any on form. any events. Yeah, yeah. we'll yeah. take a freaking we'll, we'll regional at this any point. Event. Um, yeah. I have a spicy tech or strategy they've taken to an event that they are particularly proud of. Spoken yes, about it before. Absolutely. The booby uh, trap I, believe e. I also e. spoke. Yeah, you've tried. Yeah, booby trap E for vanities was That's something that Joe did. Uh, mine was definitely uh, three tactics with a Zeus in the extra deck and no XDs. Yeah, so yeah, I, I would just take Zoot. I would take Xyz. Um, you? I was just like going to ask Joe, have you ever like just sided into a different deck like Thomas here? Um, I've done the. I think back in the BA, like you could side in like a whole Shadol engine, um, and like you could That's do like nice. things, things like that. But like, yeah, I mean, it, it it works to a point until like you realize you actually need some other side deck cards, and then like you're like, oh damn, yeah. you know. Also, but, it kind of loses its flavor. Like, if you start going against the people that you've done that strategy on, and it starts traveling yes. in the room, everyone's like, okay, well, this person balls into the strategy. Like, yeah. it, it loses its it loses its zest. I yeah. think aside from like three obs that you play just because you think they're neat, I've never done this because I generally get it out of my system like in testing. Yeah. Um, like I think playing it's cool, you know. But yeah, playing Infernoble and Emancipator, I played every version, like the the Go 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 Rank Four version. Uh, I played like the the Rank Eight Turbo. Like there's lots of different little things you could do, and then in the end, I usually settle on what I like the most, which is just like a deck that contains a good amount of spice as is mm. that I don't need to side into. I think mm. you know my favorite moments have been resolving Waking the Dragons, have been 
you know, the one time that I decided to kind of just play like a bunch of trap cards and mech knights, uh, like artifact sanctum and just like throwing people off of what you expect. Um, yeah. I've definitely been guilty of like faking people out on going first, uh, in going second decks and stuff like that, but generally don't like side into a different strategy. I love the idea of playing, um, trickstar in mech knights as like your side mm. yeah. and I, it's always fun when you see those decks top and you're just like this this asshole yeah. so next question well, who, who else have we got here i've got one uh, so i've got marshall's um we've got time for a couple more um so i've got marshall's uh question uh obviously uh the infamous uh right in for joe yeah um marshall you can't get mad at us we called Fran we called phantom at the best deck yeah um <laughs> So, you know, love you, Marshall. Uh, so his question is super simple, uh, and I think it's got really fun answers from all of us. Uh, he simply asked, what is the past format you've heard about that you wish you had played in? I um, missed out on Firefist hat kind of era, like just ooh, before Duelist Alliance. And I kind of regret, like, missing it. Like, it wasn't because mm. I, like, I didn't miss it on purpose. It wasn't like I quit during that format or anything like that. It was just I, I'd quit, like four years in the past and then like i i that was my longest break of Yu-Gi-Oh! was uh, and then i came back in jordan's alliance like i said but i heard about the hat bujin format and i was like yeah it sounded pretty cool like uh, and that, that's one i would personally wanted to have a, a bit of a go in do you have one lucas um it's got to be tengu plants i've been really pilled on tengu plants from um thomas and aaron some of our good friends uh the way they talk about that format it was just like this insanely skill-focused, um, value-based format that like everyone liked playing. Uh, and having played some of the old decks that have been built from that era, like oh, mm. I can just play that format forever. Yeah, I mean, I love Tengu Plant. Great friend Thomas, the Tengu Plant deck that we've got is sitting yep. gorgeous. Um, for me, oh, Gumbler Handloop. No, just kidding. Uh, Sick. Yeah. I think I personally, <laughs> uh, I would have liked to be around for um. I would say X Sabers. I think X Saber aversing like kind of what was kind of like the weird like it, beginning iterations of Tingu Plant or Plant Synchro <laughs> featuring Frog FTK. Um I feel like X Sabers was like kind of an evolution for Yu-Gi-Oh! because they made Blackwings but like with a lot of attack, kind of. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sad Blackwings weren't crazy. Um I'm sad neither well, one just of you went with Daughter's Alliance, by the way. But we'll carry on. <laughs> but we play we play these things going forward. Yeah, I, the thing I is, I've enjoyed I them. I'd like I've I, played Shadows, buddy. Because the thing is, I also yeah. think like X Saber format when it was popular, I would have been ten years old. Yeah. Like, there's yes. no yes. way I could have afforded it. Like, okay, Duelist Alliance was 2014. I would have been 14 yeah. years old. I would have also, had a chance. Duelist Alliance, those decks are still good, and it was still around. Like a different yeah. kind of Yu-Gi-Oh. Like no, BA still no. feels the same. It was as the evolution into modern Yu-Gi-Oh. What it is now? Yeah. Like, it yeah. was the first set that kind of pushed it forward. Yeah. The early Synchro era is a kind of Yu-Gi-Oh that just never really existed. It's this very yeah. value-based, grindy, um, back-and-forth, almost entirely telegraphed format where, like, you knew everything your opponent had in hand and on field and had to just, like, manipulate the, the field and, like, draw cards when, when you can and hold back. You know, you don't want to settle your cards to play around Heavy Storm and, and things like that. Like, there's just decision-making that you don't make anymore. Uh, yeah. in that format that i think is why it's so appealing to to players like me and ruben who have only started playing recently yeah. and never got to play that version of the old stuff yeah um yeah. i think we had a question from oliver which was already this i think the same question of what others to asked around the, the favorite cards yeah our favorite cards. if you want to read, um, if you we, want to we'll read that to one other questions oh i was just thinking we, we could go back to your um the last question we wanted to do about uh 
oh, yeah. falling out of favor with Yu-Gi-Oh. We'll get to the yeah, other ones sure. another time. If you wrote in and we didn't get to your question, we'll get to we'll it. We'll do it next one. Yeah, 100%. We can only talk so, for so long. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll put a bit of a disclaimer before I go into this question that the answer to it might go a bit deep. Um, but I'm happy to answer it and I'm comfortable talking about it. Uh, so Phil, who's a new player at um, Hobby League, asked me, how do I find the motivation to still play after 10 plus years? Like the cost of cards, the ever change roles players lack of what motivates you to go through those and continue playing the game that you love um and for me it's been huge hugely down to the community um i would agree and uh if you're unaware for the listeners out there uh earlier in the year um me and my wife we lost our son um and it was quite a special thing for me uh afterwards with the Yu-Gi-Oh community how they banded around me uh so i had friends that um, put a post up on the Facebook page essentially and said, hey, this has happened to Joe. Can you guys help out? And the community raised over $2,500 for me. Um, and there was people that I'd never met before, never spoken to, would, like giving me money to like give me some time off and help in my time of grief. Um, and that was huge for me. And it's kind of what's given me the drive to do what I'm doing now with like mm. building my community in Palmy. Um, it's gave, it gave me the idea around June time with Greg from Dunedin to run the Sands charity event, which we yep. made another two and a half thousand uh, for the charity that helped me through that time. Mm. Uh, and it, it was, it was just so nice for me personally, like going through a tough time. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh gave me something else to focus on Um and helped me through my grieving process and i'm like forever thankful for the whole entire Yu-Gi-Oh community in new zealand for what they've yeah. done for me so, i mean yeah. that exact event is where we met um, yes that is exactly the amazing event held by dice jar games that we were able to commentate over with the multi-format tournament was where actually lucas and i met joe mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. obviously the amazing the infamous uh allure of darkness into shadow fusion um (laughs) still resonates with me to this day and i think that you know lukes and i acknowledge that you know you know especially in such a really trying time for uh, communities in general in terms of obviously the pando going on Mm. you know being unable to be around people uh, and enjoy a hobby that you are so that you are passionate about is very demotivating Mm. um i've went through a lull it was so hard um and lucas i don't want to speak for you but i think we also went through a bit of a yeah i want to thank thank joe for sharing that story because obviously not everyone knows about it and um Mm. You know, it takes a lot of, you know, courage to say that on, you know, the recorded media, I guess. Um, Yeah. But it's important because uh, when we're all apart, you know, it definitely uh, reinforces why we gather these communities. Mm. Uh, Because a lot of us, you know, have sort of found a family or found, uh, you know, maybe after like high school, you lose touch with your friends, you find new people in these kinds of hobbies that, you know, you quickly spend a lot of time with and, and, you know, develop real bonds with. So, mm. you know, that's such an important reason to celebrate this game that we love to talk shit about. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, even... ultimately, it's the, it's the thing we picked, right? Like, we just yeah. picked it as our thing. Yeah. It's our it hobby. It doesn't matter like what it, it is. But yeah. it's even small things. Like, my Palmy community now has, like, grown into a thing where, like, we've added a second hobby league, which is a casual Thursday where we're just going to come in and play games, eat pizzas, have a good time. 
And after Hobby Sounds League good, on Saturday, oh, we, we, all, we all went to KFC and then we all just chilled at the park and we all just like ate KFC yeah. while talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. It was like, it was just cool. Like, and, and I love... an adult. Yeah, yes. I love it. That's uh, awesome. Super important. Like, mm-hmm. you so quickly can lose touch with like high school friends. They move away and it's like, oh, you oh, need yeah. someone to keep going. And, and it, like you said, when you were going through tough times, there were people, you know... Right there. Good people that like, even that don't know you would just be like, yeah, of course I'll give to a fellow Yu-Gi-Oh player. Like, we're all... Yeah we were all in it together right so that was yeah yeah and i know phil probably wasn't uh, seeking an answer like that but that's that <laughs> that like, is my game. answer i just like, save up my pocket money and buy a book yeah. <laughs> yeah. but 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 to be honest I, and i'll give the other answer to it and i know it's uh like it's small compared to my, my first answer but like i really like where current Yu-Gi-Oh is at and it's such mm. a um you know diverse format and it's fun so like that that and mm. And I, I like. I think Konami has almost responded to the pandemic a little bit as well with the way that they've moved forward with things that they're printing. We yeah. haven't seen and a I, tier zero format in a long time. You know, I think so. the secret as well is to take breaks. Yes, absolutely. Like if you feel burnt out, like don't force yeah. a bad thing because you'll at, just live to loathe it. If you're looking at Baron and Cross Out and DPE and going, I can't spend six hundred dollars on these cards. Just take a year off. They'll be cheap later, and like you can or, come back in. If you don't want to take a year off, just take a couple of weeks off. Like sometimes this can get quite intense, constantly testing and yeah. improving decks. Well, or I think I know exactly what Joe was about to say. Enjoy old formats. Yes. Dig back <laughs> up. Dig yeah. back up. History I actually past. have been legit playing so much Tango like, Plant. Edison format is seeing a lot of traction past format. You know, like you spoke about these Duelist Alliance era deck decks are super accessible. And while yes, you know. You may think of yourself as a player going, oh, I don't want to sink money into cards that are worth nothing. Like, that's just for something. But if it brings you joy, yeah. seek it out. Go. There's, there's a reason that Simo's like, stopped doing meta reports and started doing progression. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's because most Yu-Gi-Oh players are sick of, like, constantly just being obsessed with meta and there's no casual format. So old, yeah. old format seems like the perfect medium. Literally yeah. just go out and buy, like, four Edison decks for, like, $30 and then play them mm. with your friends. And that is, like, such a good time. Yeah. I think that pretty much wraps up that. Uh, that, that I think it does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, amazing questions all yeah, around for everyone. from the people who spoke to us in person, spoke to Joe, emailed us, uh, let us know on our Facebook pages. And again, um, if you have questions, if we want to be adding this to our, you know, our, um, you know, podcast segments, please feel free to contact us. You can, yeah. we comment, you can leave comments on the posts that we make yeah. in the Yu-Gi-Oh! What's, New that, Zealand what's page. that email address again, Ruben? Oh my God. I think it's um thefacedowns at gmail.com uh, or leave a comment below. If you've got yeah. any questions that you think, um, you know, you really want us to answer. E- we'll, email's you know, probably better than yeah. YouTube comments because I don't know. YouTube comments are weird, <laughs> scary places. They can be a wee bit strange. I wouldn't know. Um, I just leave. I just read comments going. Wow, they yeah, really reacted good, that way. If there's a good question in the comments, then we'll we'll definitely get to it. Absolutely. Uh, I'm yet to think of a quippy name, so I'll get back okay. to that for well, the next, next episode. episode we'll yeah. have a good. You, we'll expect you. That's homework, Ruben. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Listen, I love little quick um, portmanteaus, yeah. so I think this is definitely a fun thing to do. Um, and I hope everyone has enjoyed listening yeah. along with us talking about um meta questions tier lists um you know really innovating a strategy or something that's never been done before yeah if anyone um, wants to take this concept of the tier list you know feel free We're please go ahead or anything. Um, yeah. yeah no no copyright <laughs> no nothing but you better like and subscribe buddy yes you better like, like the video subscribe. and subscribe it and all that crap so as always i'm lucas i'm ruben and i'm joe and you've been listening to the, the face downs, downs. i remembered it <laughs> That's time. <laughs>